Welcome to Vineyard 61's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged, and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website, vineyard61.org, or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. Good morning, guys. It's great to be with you. What a beautiful baptism that we've just watched. Hattie, it's amazing. Welcome to the family. We love having you part of us. Uh, I, I just want to introduce myself. My name's Zeke. I have the privilege of being with you this morning. I'm part of the Battersea site. I also work for DTI and the Vineyard Network. Uh, and, and it's just a privilege and an honor to be bringing this, this word with you uh, to you this morning. Um, I just wanted you to grab your Bibles. Maybe you've got them close. If you're taking notes, we're going to be in Acts 2 this morning. A, a famous passage that Stephen Viv have continued to go back to over, uh, in this time. But it, I'm going to read Acts 2 from f- verse 42 to 47. Let's jump straight in, guys. Here we go. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching to f- and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All of the believers were together and had everything in common. Wow. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who was in need. And we've found that as a church already. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Well, I don't know about you guys, but this passage really stirs my heart. And, and we're in now week 10 of, of, of coming online, being online with meeting like this. Some of you are probably really gutted that we can't meet as a, as a community like we always have. But we're meeting online. We're doing things differently. And I believe this is a time for deep reflection for many of you. Maybe, maybe God's been stirring your heart and thinking, what, why, why are we even doing what we're doing in so many ways? Um, uh, this and and, I, and I, this morning I want to stir you guys up. I want to I want to remind us, although we can't meet in the building like we always have, uh, the church doesn't stop. Viv said something at the start of lockdown. She said this: "Your life isn't on hold because you're in lockdown." And guys, the church isn't either. The church is alive and well, and God is moving amongst His people in this country and around the world. I want to start just by telling a funny story. We were all gathering our life group that Ellie and I have the privilege of leading this week. And a funny thing's happened. We just had this deep reflection and we're all coming back ready to share. And suddenly someone in our group was like, guys, guys, I've got to tell you what's just happened. Literally, as I'm sat here looking out my window, a lady's popped out of her front door, walked out with a pot and pan in hand, just boom, 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 giving it beans, walking to the front of her drive, just going for it. You know, thank you, NHS. And, and the guy watching was like, hang on, is it Thursday? And realized, no, no, we always meet in life group on a Wednesday. The lady's got to the end, she's looking around, bang, bang, thank you, NHS. Got to the end of her drive and realized, and, and apparently said this out loud, it's not even Thursday yet. Turned around and walked back into her house. And we just were in hysterics. Maybe you found that funny. funny. I've had the, I just love sharing that story. But, but then I kind of reflected about this and thought, I wonder if this is what, what we're like. You know, 
We, you know, when we started to do the clap for the NHS, it was met with, with tears and joy and we were embracing uh, the NHS and all the workers that were risking their lives. And, and some of us got our phones out. Some of us were putting it on our, our Instagram, our Snapchat, whatever you use. We we're just saying, this is amazing. And then suddenly nine, ten weeks in now, have we just thought, oh, well, this is just something that we do. I wonder if, if that's what we do as the church. We've come to faith in Jesus Christ. We've, we celebrate what goes on when we build a, come into a relationship with Him, like we're celebrating with Hattie this morning. But do we just go through the motions? Can we just end up doing church? Someone said to me this week, Zeke, I'm loving actually having a break from church. And I, I, I sat there and thought, Really? Is that what we do? Is that what this is about, us having a break from, from church? Can we ever really have a break from church? Church isn't something we do. It, it's something that we, or take a break of, it's something that we are, guys. There's a difference between something that we do and something that we embody. We are the church. And Jesus is building His church. And nothing can stop it. Nothing can stop it. I think I want to remind us this morning of what church really is about, what we're about as the people as we gather. We are the church. So when I look at this passage, I'm absolutely stirred by what I read about what the early believers did. Guys, they, 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 they gave up everything. This wasn't a side thing. This wasn't a, a second relationship. This wasn't some kind of affiliation. This was, this was their life. They devoted to themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, breaking breads. They met together in the temples and in their homes, and nothing stopped them. They gave up everything. It cost them everything. And I'm stirred and in, inspired by the commitment that, that I see in the early church, and I'm like, God, stir, stir me up again to believe for that. I've got the privilege of working for the Vineyard Movement, particularly focusing on the youth. I've had conversation with probably over 100 youth pastors in this time, uh, youth leaders, volunteers, those that are being paid, and church leaders. I've had the privilege. I've got a list of about 130 calls that I've been making. It's been a, an honor. But what I'm hearing is, is there's, there's a difference between young people that were connected to the church, that really were connected to Jesus, and, and others that they weren't really connected. It was kind of like, they've just, they've just, the youth pastors aren't hearing from them, struggling to connect with them. Isn't it, I was talking to a friend of mine, and he said, what we're finding in churches, but also in youth ministries, this is starting for young people, is that young people have been affiliated to loads of things. There are swimming clubs, cycling clubs, the church, this, that, all the clubs you can imagine, they're probably in a young person's diary, especially if they come from an affluent situation or family. But we fill our lives with loads of things. But what we're realizing in, in this time is the, the young people that are sticking with it are those that their primary affiliation was, was Jesus, was his church, was the body of Christ that they were part of. And, and, and guys, I think God is calling us to, to question whether our primary affiliation is to Jesus in this time, is to, to being part of his church. 
Jesus in his church needs to be our primary affiliation, not our, our side thing, not our spare time thing, not something we just, we just kind of do. I've been convicted big time as I've read this passage. I've been, we've, we read it as a life group when we first started and we've, we've remained in the book of Acts because it's the acts of how the church developed and grew and it's fascinating to see what God does. And I've been asking this inner question. And, and often I read it. It's like, is this me? Not just as a corporate body, but as an individual as, that's part of the church. Is this me? That when I read what these guys were up to, is this actually me? Can I say, Jesus, I'm, I'm, I'm part of you in this way. I've often read this and said, this is how the church needs to be. It needs to be like this. So, so why isn't it? Nick Cole says, the church is only as good as its disciples. So you see, either it's a whole life response or it's not. I'm reading in here that, that every day they gave, uh, sorry, every day they continued to meet together in verse 46. And then right at the end of verse 47, is, says, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Sometimes I've read this and I've thought, is it a direct correlation between the amount of times they were meeting and to the amount of times people were being added to their number, those that were being saved? You see, maybe it's a call that we need to see the church differently than, than, than just our Sunday gathering. Have we reduced the Christian life? Have we reduced the church to just this Sunday thing? This thing that we check, check into and check out of? I don't want to offend you guys. And, and honestly, I've, I've found this talk so hard to write because God has just been searching me. The Holy Spirit's been speaking to me. And this hasn't been like condemnation. This has been a conviction of like, am I prepared to, to, to be part of this body that Jesus is building. Peter's description of the church in 1 Peter, maybe you want to look it up, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 and 5 says this, As you come to Him, the living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God. The living stone, that's Jesus Christ, chosen by God. You also... And, and, and chosen by God and precious to Him. Guys, you, you're chosen by Him and you're precious to Him. There's no spare parts in the church. Maybe some of you feel like you're a spare part right now. I want to encourage you, you're not. There's no spare parts in the building that Jesus is building because it goes on to say this. You also are like living stones are being built into a spiritual house. I read that and I'm like, wow, I'm actually attached to Jesus, the cornerstone, the, the, the living stone. And, and, and when I came to him in faith, when I gave up my old life and started to follow him, I, I repented, I turned from my old ways and I followed him. I put my trust in him. I became one with Christ. That's another thing the Bible says. I've been attached to him, the living stone. And out of him, I get this life that then I'm then... I'm fused together with other believers and God is building this building. Not the, not the steeple, but the people. The people of God that he's building and he's drawing us to himself. And, and guys, it's kind of, as I've reflected on this, it's messed me up. Steve and Viv, they've got their good, good way of doing that. They ask these deep questions. I don't know if you remember a question that's been 
uh, said by them over the last few weeks and, and even years, actually. Um, it's this one. Would the community notice if the church didn't exist? I want to ask, say that again. Would, would the community notice if the church didn't exist? And I've been doing some deep reflection in this time. Like, what is the church? And, and, and would it notice? And suddenly it dawned on me. The Holy Spirit just popped it into my heart. Zeke, I want to make that more personal. And guys, I'm not the leader of this church, so I feel like I've got the authority to say this as one of the, you know, the members. We're all members and part of the body, but I, I feel like I can say this because this is a question that God has been asking me. If I left my community, would it notice? Let's not just go corporate here. Let's come back to personal. Would you, so I want to ask you, would your community notice if you left? Wow. I know that's a hard-hitting question, but Jesus is calling his church in the middle of a pandemic to take stock and let the Holy Spirit like stir us up and just search our hearts and our agendas and our, our frustrations and our motives about the church and say, will you be it where you are? I don't know if you've been a part of a church or a community, even this one that you're part of, and you've ever found frustration or at some point you've probably been hurt, disillusioned, uh, bored, maybe even felt like giving up. I've felt like that when it comes to church, gathering with people, being fused with people, what that actually means. And, but it, whenever I've thought about that, I've come back to this inner thought. Can I ever leave the body can I ever leave the church? Because we've been fused together in that way. You see, you can't leave a body. You don't attend a body. You, you become part of it. You don't attend a building. You, you are the building. You're part of the building. Somehow, somewhere, some, in some way, we've got it into our minds that it's okay to attend the church and not be it. I can't do this anymore. I can't just attend church. I have to be it. I have to be part of that building. And, and all throughout the New Testament, guys, the, body, Jesus, the church is described as the body of Christ. It's that, it's that called out ones that have been called out from the world, called out from ourselves and into him. It's part of a body. And just read in, in, in 1 Corinthians 12, or just read about the body. Just read about why it's important to be an individual part. That's why you're, you count so much your part, what you have to play. Maybe the church needs to take a moment to repent of just the, the universal church. If we've made it an attending thing or a numbers thing or a likes or a followers or whatever. Jesus, I don't know if he's that bothered. He's more about what we're becoming and, and what we, who we're gathering with us. If you continue to read the book of Acts, just read, read throughout the book of Acts. You will see that, that the church survived persecution, struggles, strains. All hell was breaking loose on the church since the moment Jesus said to Peter, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus has been building his church since that moment, since, the, since, the, since Pentecost when the Holy Spirit fell and he's still building his church. He's still building it. 
And the church was a dynamic body of believers that thrived under hardship and persecution because it had a revelation that Jesus was building it and all hell could not stand against it. Jesus has been building it since Jerusalem till now. And guys, a building cannot contain what God can do. I love church buildings. I I love the buildings that we attend, but it cannot contain. They can facilitate it, but they can't contain what God wants to do. And I believe a time is coming where God wants to break out beyond the building, break into our homes and our lives like he's been doing and like he's doing right now through the power of the Holy Spirit, breaking into your heart, stirring you up, calling you to something more. You see, Jesus left us with this thing called the Great Commission. When he was saying bah to his disciples, that's for you, Johnny. When he was saying bah, he, 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 said, he said, this is what I want to leave with you. Matthew 28. I've learned it off by heart because if it was the final thing what Jesus, that Jesus said, it's probably pretty important. He said, all authority has been given to me. That's Jesus speaking. He says, therefore, now you go because I've been given authority and I give it to you. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded. And hey, I'm with you even till the ends of the age. You see, he's promised that he'll be with us, but we've got to go and make disciples. Dallas Willard says this, making disciples is the main task of the church. It's the main task. It's the, 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 the one thing that Jesus wants us to get hold of. So the church is only as good then as its disciples, right? The church is limited by the commitment of its disciples. Whoa. <laughs> and guys, I know this message is hard, but, um, but Ellie and I, when we, when we recently moved and became part of a beautiful community on the Wind Stanley, we've realized that God is doing stuff in people around us lives, in their lives. He's doing profound things and we get to play. We get to be part of it. I wonder if the lights and the lights all over London, you know, that, that vision that Stephen Viv have said God gave them as they were ready to plant the church. I wonder if those lights, they're actually our homes I wonder if they're us, lit up like fires, passionately following Jesus everywhere we are. And we're called to actually draw people to us because Jesus is already doing it, right? He said he'd build his church and, and, and gathering in our homes. Maybe that's the next thing. Maybe church plants, maybe sites are ahead of us and they're going to spring out of our homes. I don't know. I, I, I just sense that call on many of you that are watching. It's time to not just be affiliated to a church or a service, but be the church, to have the primary affiliation with, with Christ as, our, as the head of our church. And so let me land this. It's all going to sound differently and it's all going to come to you differently because the Holy Spirit speaks uniquely. You might be saying, Zeke, it's locked down. We've got this two-meter barrier. I can't go into my uh, neighbor's homes and I can't invite them. Yeah, but you can knock on their door. You could knock on their door and, and stand two meters away and, and get to know them, ask their name. See, Ellie and I, we've decided when we move, we have to do that. And we've realized that we've met beautiful people, incredible, stunning people that God is already doing stuff and we just get to invite them into more and more of what Jesus is already doing. I had this beautiful encounter the other week where I met one of my neighbors who's, who's an imam. 
of a church down the road, of a, a nice church, of, of, a, of, a, um, of a, I've forgotten the word, of a mosque down the road. Um, maybe it's a prophetic word for what's going to happen. But, um, and we were having this conversation and he realized I was really a follower of Jesus. I wasn't just a, a Christian who maybe he assumed he'd met. Um, and he said, you know your Bible? I said, yeah, yeah. And, and we decided, I knocked on his door because one day I saw him and he said, hey, my son's really sick. Do pray for him. I was really surprised that he asked me that, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to do that. So I went home and I said to the girls, uh, let's pray. Let's pray for, 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 for their family. So we began to pray. And then the next day I knocked on his, on his door. He was shocked that I'd come. But I was like, how is he? I've been praying and, and I, I'm not going to go into details, but we ended up, I gave him a, a Bible. He gave me a Quran and we're going to, God's going to do something. God's doing it. He started doing it. We were tuning in when this kind of first started and Hannah, Hannah Mugford, big up Hannah, you legend. Good to see you. I can, you can see me, but I can't see you. Anyway, she lives with us and um, she said, guys, maybe we should walk out our estate before church starts. Maybe we should pray for the homes and the houses and the people. And so we've been doing that before service starts. Guys, it starts at 11, 10.30 if you've got kids. There's so many more hours before it starts to go and pray and to go and reach out to people. I believe God is stirring the church to go and make disciples. I believe God is calling us something deeper. And this is my prayer, guys, that we would be known as people who our primary affiliation is Jesus Christ and our commitment is to him and being his church, not just coming to church or attending the church. You see, the mission he has called us to is, and to be a part of, it's not to be caught up and wrapped up in the stuff that goes on. Guys, we've got so many things in London that we can be affiliated to, that we can be part of. We've got so many groups and all this stuff. But I don't know about you, but as for me and my house, we want to serve the Lord and his agenda and build his kingdom as he's already building his church. So here's the word. And if you guys want to hear this word in more depth, it's actually in a film called Legacy. The Vineyard brought it out. Just type in Legacy Vineyard in YouTube and it will come up. Carol Wimber said something along these lines, but this is what I feel God wants to say to you, to us this morning. I believe that a time is coming and has come that every single person needs to get ready to play their part in the body because every single person has their unique contribution and their unique part to play. Where we decide that we, we're going to function in unity and we're going to take the world for Jesus. We're going to take our communities for Jesus. What if, if, my, if I left my community, would it notice? Well, I want to encourage you to decide in your heart to say yes it would notice if I left and I want to be the church I want to be the church bless you guys God's moving in your midst Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our Vineyard 61 speakers.